Do you know what lies behind your data? When the truthfulness of respondents is in question, the entire survey process is compromised. At Cloud Research, we're exposing the hard truth about online survey fraud. Join us in an Insights Association webinar that pulls back the curtain to reveal shocking, never-before-seen footage from actual fraudulent click farms. You'll see the fraud as it truly happens with your own eyes and learn how Sentry stops fraudsters in their tracks. Join us November 3rd, 2022. Stay tuned for how to register. Welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney, CEO and Mama Bird. If you listen to this podcast at all, you know that Ashley LeBlanc, our executive VP, is my trusty conference buddy. We just got back from Toronto and what a beautiful city it was. We enjoyed ourselves at SOMR Congress. Now, this year was not just a normal SMR Congress. It marked the 75th anniversary of this illustrious association. We hit the trade show floor and we talked with friends, colleagues, clients, and potential clients, and we had such a great time talking about what is happening in the industry and what we think is coming next. Wow, you all are smart and we want to give you a little bit of what we heard out there. And this episode is dedicated to so many people who are road warriors with us, who did an amazing job holding their own really giving us an innovative view of what's coming next and also just being nice along the way. We hope you'll enjoy these interviews from SOMR Congress 2022. So Praveen, you've taken on a really important role at a critical time for SOMR. So what have you been up to lately? What is this volunteerism that you constantly do? What 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 has this meant for SOMR this year? Everything that SMA does runs in the power of volunteers, the representatives, the council, all the people who support. Do it from a sense of belonging. We believe in the cause, we believe in the entire industry, and the volunteerism, to use an analogy, is to raise the tide, to raise all the boats. And is there a satisfaction? Absolutely. But is there an ulterior motive? It happens. We get greater visibility, better connections, deeper interactions. That all happens as a byproduct. But the love is doing it for the sake of doing it and getting it done. Well, I love in this leadership this last year, talk about getting it done, 2,000 more members. So that is amazing. Oh, full credit to Christine Luck and the SMR membership team to take on the challenge, push it through, and get it done. Because a lot of uh, ideas come forth, but very less action, very less action which is completed with demonstrable numbered proof Mm -hmm. and that is a matter of pride Mm -hmm. for her leadership and also for the entire SMR membership team including the representatives who all drummed it up. Well, I consider you to be the joy of SMR. Everywhere I go and see you, all around the world, it's always a smile. But tell me what's going on with you right now, because I know you you are such a prolific writer, but I just want to give a shout out on our podcast of these new books. You have a series of new books coming up, so tell us about it. Uh, My new book that's coming out next month is called Combat Culture, Marketing Lessons from the World of Krav Maga, which is a martial art, Israeli martial art. And then subsequently, a whole series of books uh, that are going to be coming out on branding, on selling through the power of mouth, word of mouth. So it's been exciting to work on all these projects and work through. 
you're always exciting. I can't wait to read these new books, but you 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 put them out at a pace that I've got to keep up reading. So oh, thank you, Pravin, though, thank for you. everything oh, you do for us. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to share, close it with one of my creativity gurus, Arun Verma from India, who says there's always space in the universe for one more poem, for one more book, for one more talk, for one more business venture. Mm-hmm. And I believe in the power of the universe. All right. I have Erin O'Donnell from Fieldwork with me. Her and I just attended SOMR together this past week in Toronto. Had a lot of good times, attended a lot of the same sessions, and uh, she's going to share a little bit of her experience with us. I think one of the biggest takeaways for me from SOMR this last week really was the power that can come from being in a room together. And we've seen this many times at different events. But this group, a group of passionate people with this pent-up excitement about being together, is you just heard the buzz on the conference floor of people connecting with each other that hadn't seen each other in a long time. There were connections that were planned. There were meetings that were scheduled. But I think the real power is the serendipitous moment, the moment that wasn't scheduled, the conversation that you didn't necessarily seek out having, but you're so glad that you had it. And maybe it's a connection that your paths aren't going to cross right now. They may cross in three months. They may cross in six months. They may not cross again till our next year's Congress. But those relationships are continuing to be built. And I think that especially with this group who hasn't had the chance to be together in so long is everyone came not only to learn, but to connect and share energy with one another to better their skill set and to be able to offer their clients and this incredible industry more tools to uncover deeper and more impactful insights. And I know you and I both attended the Wire Luncheon, and Fieldwork is a longtime sponsor and supporter of Women in Research. And that event was so interesting, first of all, the content that was shared. But tell me a little bit about why you enjoyed that session that lunch so much? The WIRE community is a community that continues to blow my mind about how they show up for one another. I think everyone that I have come across in WIRE, whether it be attending an event, the WIRE Exec Summit, met them through a LinkedIn post about WIRE. Um, Everyone shows up in such a supportive way for one another. I think it's a group that wants to be part of a change in our industry. And it's people that really show up interested in one another both men and women that are there. It's a group of people that want to volunteer their time, dedicate resources to really elevating our industry and what it is. And so again, the energy of that group, there's people that I had the opportunity to meet for the first time there and people that I really had the chance to spend really quality time with at other events. So I'm just so grateful that they dedicated a luncheon at the SMR Congress to understand what's going on in our industry and also collaborate on ways to really enhance our industry. So I have Ann Stevenson with me from Explore Research. And Ann, I got to say, I just dropped into your booth and I put the virtual headset on. And here I am in this crazy big conference room, loads of people. And at first I put it on and I think, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in a Walmart. This is a little bit, you know, it feels a little fake. It was so weird. Tell me about how this happens, because within about 20 seconds, 
I totally forgot where I was and I was immersed in this shopping experience. How, why Do you see that happen all the time? All the time. And that's something that people often say, well, how can a respondent actually behave like they're in a real environment, whether that's a store or a bank or a quick service restaurant? It's all the same. So we typically get the respondent into the headset. We do what's called a sandbox exercise where we get them used to the environment and then they're behaving as they normally would. So we both do both headset-based as well as online virtual reality. With both of these, we capture eye tracking, purchases, and all of the shopper behavior is captured instantaneously, dashboarded, so you can have instant results. Yeah, well, it was really intuitive. So you're saying you sandbox it with them, but honestly, even in, in just a couple seconds, I'm like, oh, that's what I do, that's what I do. But tell me about the eye tracking, because a lot of people say eye tracking, but when I think about what you're doing, because your actual device is right so near my eyes, how is that different from, you know, the eye, you know, what, like what's the gamut of what people consider eye tracking in this industry? A hundred percent. So there's eye tracking glasses that you would use if you're actually in a physical environment. Uh, and that could be, you may not be a retail environment. You may want to see how someone's reacting to advertising or other things. Then there's um, online eye tracking, which is webcam enabled. And then there is within our headset, which is the same as the eye tracking goggles, we have eye tracking built right in. So it's capturing that real behavior. I would say the most fundamental difference between whether you're using online or an in-person, either glasses or headset based, is you're capturing more natural behavior. So when we're doing an exercise such as someone shopping an entire aisle or someone actually shopping an entire store, we find that the life size really has a one-up in terms of actual, actual capturing real behavior in terms of where people are naturally viewing versus looking at a computer screen, you get different types of viewing. I was so immersed in just seconds. So as far as brands are concerned, what's the difference of what they're coming to you saying, look, our brand tracker says this, but where should we go next? Like, what do those questions sound like? What are they, what kind of information are they hungry for? A hundred percent. In terms of a simulation and actually creating an environment, it's very much trying to capture that real behavior. So how does someone move throughout an environment? We actually track where they're moving. We get all the, you know, back and forth. We capture all that data. So what are predominant pathways? They want to understand how should I set up my store or my shelf? Are people actually noticing signage? Are people responding to a new pack when I put it into the actual situation of an actual shelf? So these are all the things that we can track in terms of what behaviorally is happening and we capture it through purchases where people are moving. And think about it, I noticed when you were in the headset, you were bending up and down. You mm -hmm. can't do that on a computer screen. Right. So we do offer that in terms of online virtual reality with eye tracking. And we'd say, you know, it's better maybe for pack testing or other things that are a little bit more narrowed in in terms of the context. If you're doing a full store, you absolutely need to do it in a headset. Okay, I'm gonna put you on the spot with one last question because I noticed when I was in the store, I saw a name brand and then a, a store brand, and then a complete generic. They were all next to each other on the shelf that I was looking at. So tell me, I imagine that is, there's an intentional setup there, so why is that? Well, in terms of the setup we were using, it's one of the demonstrated environments that we have. So it would be sort of a control store that we've built out for a client. And that would just represent what's the reality of that store. So you do see multiple tiers in terms of private brand, um, sometimes a branded more premium offering, maybe a value offering. So we're just representing what someone would see in the actual marketplace. And that's why we always like to have that context and that in-situation testing where we're representing what a shopper or a consumer would see. Yeah, I could see that for a brand 
and say, oh, do you like our brand? Sure, I'll tell you, yes, I do. But when I'm in the store, I'm making a valued decision based on all kinds of stories that maybe I'm not even really aware that I'm telling myself and trying to figure out what's the best thing for me. Yeah, I love your brand all day long, but now here's a here's a knockoff, as we might say, or, you know, that's what actual consumers say. Yeah, <laughs> I know, they that's do. not yeah, what the yeah, industry yeah, exactly, yeah. But here's a knockoff brand. Is this going to be just as good? And I think in a time of inflation and a time of just really a lot of, you know, questioning, um, you know, brand loyalty, this, that, that really got really uh, interesting really quick. Like I felt like I was really having my own shopping experience. So good on you and your team. It was really, really a fun interactive booth too, to be at a conference. Great. Thank you. I have Crispin Beal with me. He is the group president at Behaviorly, the CEO of Insight 250 and senior advisor at MTAB. You know him. You've probably seen him at industry events. We are both fresh back from SOMR Congress this past week in Toronto. We were able to see each other in person, meet in person for the very first time, which is fantastic. But Crispin, I would love to hear from you. You've been involved in SOMR for a long time. And I know you understand the value of being a member, of participating, and also attending Congress. Maybe share a little bit with our audience about what that impact has looked like for you. Sure. I think it is so, so important to have this opportunity to see content real hot off the press content from some of the leading speakers around the world face to face you know it really helps you to understand and seek out opportunities and things you can apply in your businesses as well so the the content for things like congress and you can get by being a member of smr is absolutely unrivaled they have huge databases of materials presentations case studies things that can actually help you and be applied to the work you do whether you're in an agency or at a client. So I think that's probably one of the most important roles. The second thing that is, for me, absolutely fundamental about Congress is that opportunity for networking. And yeah, it's great now in a digital world for us to communicate with people all around the world in different verticals, different companies, but there's nothing like meeting them IRL in real life. So you can actually share ideas, share thinking, and sometimes just that almost water cooler moment, as we used to call it when we were in the office, where you're standing there and someone's just chatting about something and you get that aha moment as to, oh, I can apply that with client X or in my business on project Y. Um, that is so much easier to, to happen um, at Congress or a face-to-face event. And I, I do think SMR is renowned for having access to some of the best speakers, to some of the latest thinking within the industry. And and that's something that I think really helps. I'm always amazed by the the strength of the papers from all around the world and the ideas that I come back with and things I think, oh, yeah, we should be doing more of that or maybe we should be doing less of that. Um, so, So two things for me, content and networking. Another really exciting thing that happened live and in person this year was uh, you were able to give away the awards for Insight 250 live and in person. That was so exciting to see that happen for many of the winners to actually be at SMR and be involved. The energy, the buzz, you know, I saw so much about it on social media, but to see it happening in person, that was really impactful. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the Insight 250 is something very dear to my heart in that it 
celebrates and champions those people leading and innovating our profession all around the world. And yeah, I think this year we recognized 250 winners from 46 countries, literally all, all six continents and a whole mix of agencies, NGOs, consultancies, end clients, academics. And it's great to celebrate that success, which hopefully inspires others. And and as you said, it'd be interesting to see what the impressions were this year. But I know last year, the first year the awards were launched, there were 20 million impressions on the Inside 250 content in the first week. Um, and it certainly feels as if um, LinkedIn and Twitter have been absolutely full of people and companies sharing their success, which is great to see. Because as an industry, I think we're bad sometimes at uh, shouting about all the great work we do. And we should we should do that to inspire more people, particularly the next generation coming into our profession and say, hey, there's, there's some brilliant minds that you can learn from. Follow them on LinkedIn, follow them on Twitter and, and see what you can learn from them. The last question here. So I think everyone's dying to know, will we see you at Congress next year in Amsterdam? I will definitely be in Amsterdam and um, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I think they're, they're absolutely vital way for us to network and get exposure to that great content. And I'll also be delighted. We're hopefully announcing the 2023 winners for the Insight 250 uh, International Market Research Day in May. But then I think the plan is to have some kind of event, some kind of recognition at the Congress in September in Amsterdam as, as well. But do, I would encourage everyone to, to go on, look at the winners. And if you think you know people that are deserving of being a winner in 2023, you can nominate them at insight250.com um, right now. And the forms are in, I think, about eight different languages so that we can make sure the awards continue to be as diverse and inclusive as possible. So definitely go ahead and nominate. Well, thank you so much, Crispin. Thank you for being a champion of the insights industry. And thanks for your contribution to the podcast. It's a pleasure. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you. My new best friend, Horace Feldhäuser from InfoTools, he actually sang Spandau Ballet songs to me yesterday. So, is I mean, forever. True? Yeah, we're forever How friends. How much is true? Is that really true? Forever <laughs> friends. Yes, all the way from New Zealand. I tell you I, what. I love it. So why'd you come to SMR? I mean, there's a long way to come. Yeah, but, uh, you know, SMR Congress is a fantastic meeting people, seeing what's happening in the world, catching up with everyone, making sure that we're on track with what we're doing. Making sure that we're all remembering the lyrics of Spando Ballet's Absolutely, greatest Absolutely, 100%. I think we should, <laughs> as we should go on, up on the main stage and Make sure that everyone knows Spandau Ballet. You and me, right? I love yes, it. Just well, the two of us. fans of this podcast know John Bird, who also works with you over at yes. InfoTools. So just give me one thing. What's coming up lately for, for InfoTools? Um, really, I think the combination of market research data and all the other data, bringing that together and really kind of showing that to people mm -hmm. and making them. And what we hear is bringing it together, but also it's the human aspect, mm -hmm. right? Everyone talks about it. It's not just technology. It's the humans behind it. What are, what are we doing with it? And how do we impact the business, right? Because otherwise, what's the point? Right. Hi, my name is Chris Martin. I'm Chief Marketing Officer for FlexMR, an insight consultancy and tech platform provider based out of the United Kingdom. I travelled to Toronto in 2022 for my first ever SMR Congress, and it was a really unforgettable experience. In terms of my first impressions, I think the thing I noticed most 
was just the really different energy in the room. It didn't feel like a commercial conference. It felt like a meeting of minds, a gathering of insight professionals from the client side and the agency side, from policymakers to uh, commercially minded individuals, a real range of academics, practitioners, entrepreneurs even. It was really exciting to see the young people in the room, whether they're working new ideas into existing organizations or building entirely new companies. Um, I think that just made for a really great atmosphere and one which was very welcoming and friendly. Of course, the presentations were what really made Congress great. Uh, I think out of all of them, my absolute favorite was by the BBC, who presented a really interesting tale about how they reimagined their annual brand tracker and the touch points that go into that. I thought that was a really fresh take on an existing methodology and how it can still be innovated upon. A lesson that innovation isn't always about technology and it exists anywhere we look, wherever we set our minds to. I think that was one of the key things I took away from Congress too. That innovation isn't technologically driven. There's innovation in policy. There's innovation in the way we interact with the societal problems around us. The insight industry is hugely embedded into solving commercial challenges, societal challenges, sustainability and and global and political issues. Congress really felt like a place where researchers could showcase the work that they were doing and have a chance to talk about some of these things which don't often get the airtime that they should. The theme of what if was a really clever one. It gave rise to a lot of new ideas, a lot of blue sky thinking, but also a lot of practical application and showing what can be done in a small area, taking that and applying it to much greater ideas. My personal involvement with Congress was as part of the Young SMR Society Award. Uh, I was given the chance to present a 60 second pitch along with other finalists who voted and uh, the winner was given the opportunity to present a full Pecha Kutcher style um, slide deck. Now, when I stood on stage, I think I had the experience that um, is every presenter's worst nightmare. I absolutely froze, couldn't get a word of my pitch out, um, and a very generous audience clapped for about 20 seconds of it. I was given the opportunity to try again, Um, and something just clicked the second time. It just all worked. Um, And, you know, I want to say thank you to SMR and the committee for giving me a a second chance to do that, Uh, but also to the audience who were really understanding. Um, It was a real eye-opener afterwards, the amount of people who came up and said, you know, something similar happened to me. It took me a while to get over nerves too. Um, Don't worry about it. That was really encouraging, um, and I think it just shows the level of um, human person-to-person connection that was happening at Congress. It wasn't corporate. It wasn't all about networking or showing you're the best. It was about people coming together in service of the industry that they love, and I think that's really 
um, what I enjoyed about the whole thing. Overall, I think there was a real good balance of networking, celebration, planning. It was great to see so many awards presented to great researchers, great research projects, um, Qual in particular um, being more on the agenda than it seems to have been in previous years, um, as well as some of the adjacent industries like uh, user experience, customer experience, uh, bringing, being brought more into the market research fold. And of course there was an element of um, planning as well. It felt like everybody at the conference was taking away new ideas. Uh, they were going to go back to their businesses, and I know I certainly am, and start thinking about uh, the way in which we engage with certain issues, the way in which we apply technology to particular challenges, uh, the way in which we design empathy into our research studies, and the way in which we can take political, socio-economic problems and provide context to brands and policymakers. I have with me Michaela Gascon. She is the president and CEO of KJT Group. Thanks so much. We got to meet live and in person for the first time this past week at SMR Congress. It was so great to meet you in person. And thanks so much for just chatting with us about what it meant to be at SMR. Absolutely. It was great to meet you in person too, Ashley. So I know that it's really important for you to be active in, in SOMAR. You attended Congress. It's where we met. And then, to well, yesterday, uh, Monday, September 26th, the announcement came off for next year's running for council. I saw your name on the list. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to hear a little bit about, you know, what it meant for you to attend Congress and especially in light of leading up to your um, your running for council. Yeah, it was really inspirational, actually. I'm sorry to say it sounds so cliche, but um, it was awesome just to see original research be presented. You know, I'm a researcher at heart, and it's been a long time since on a global scale, I've seen such rich insight and awesome, you know, methodologies and really people pushing the envelope of what can be done, not just for commercial and marketing impact of research, but also from a societal impact. I think that was one of the big things that a lot of people took away of, you know, this research for good concept. So inspirational, I think is my one word, if I had to pick one and really just kind of reinvigorated that whole spirit of why work in research and insights and, you know, what can you do with this? I, I think a lot of the speakers also spoke to, the power of this position now, you know, there was a day when, you know, researchers were just kind of the data nerds and, you know, kind of a second thought, but in this COVID environment, our positions really elevated. We are now business partners, thinking strategically, generating evidence to inform business decisions for those clients. And again, it's just, that's part of the power of our industry. That is part of what SMR represents. And again, just really was a great ignition for me to say, yeah, absolutely. You know, SMR council, I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> That's amazing. And I know, I know you're busy. You're busy with uh, KJT. You're busy with your winemaking, which is a story for another time. So like how, what led you to make the decision to add something else to your plate? Like what's, what's that importance of participating in council? 
Yeah, I think the the volunteer aspect of it is really what kind of drove me there. And I'm really passionate about our industry in general. And I've kind of been exploring different ways that I could take my almost 20 years of experience as, from being a research practitioner and really give back to the community at large, whether it's through mentoring students, whether it's through policy change or advocacy as, you know, in a privately held employee owned business, you know, we're kind of in a shrinking portion of the market, given how much VC funding and private equity backing is coming into our space now. Um, I feel like I have a unique perspective to give and I don't want it to kind of go unnoticed. Um, So yeah, I think kind of a compilation of things coming together and really just, you know, if something's important to you, you'll prioritize and reprioritize the rest of life and you just, you make it work. We hope you enjoyed this SMR Congress 2022 podcast. We'd love to hear about your experiences and we'd love to see you at the next venue wherever we can see each other around the world. Safe travels and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.